You are listening to Terminators on Tech. I'm Chuck, your host. Every week, I pick the brain of my fellow Terminators to talk about tech. Welcome to our um, webinar, uh, so Terminators on Tech, this is our name. So uh, we have uh, really good, uh, exciting things going on today because with me, we have Kelvin here. So uh, I will let him introduce himself in a bit, but uh, what we're going to talk about today is mainly about uh, Terminus Hub. So uh, some of you may already heard about it because we are super excited about it. We have posted everywhere and we got really good reactions from the crowd that everybody's interested. So that's this is a very good opportunity that we can ask. If you're in the chat, is like you can ask Kevin anything about Hub, anything. So yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe like I would just let uh, Kevin briefly introduce himself. Hi, uh, so my name is Kevin Feeney. I'm the CEO of Terminus DB, uh, one of the co-founders. Um, and uh, so I've, I'm a coder. So I've been working on uh, trying, to, um, trying to get our database out there, get it fully operational and get all the uh, collaboration features up and, and running, uh, which is what we're talking about with Hub, you know, trying to uh, there, there's kind of layers of functionality that we have, but the really important ones that we were always focused on enabling is the collaboration uh, features. And so we were just about ready to bring all those out and to, uh, and to make them available to people. So uh, like, can we have some highlight of uh, what, what, what will be available? What feature that like some, I know that some of the listeners, they already try out Terminus DB, but what's new? that yeah. they didn't have before that now mm. we've got to have it. Yeah. So um, so the really important stuff like collaboration, when people talk about collaboration in tech, uh, it's, they talk about lots of different things and often it's, it's you know, some comment buttons or, 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 or some software features that they're talking about. But, but more fundamentally, when you're dealing with data, the, the really important things to be, if, if, that enable collaboration uh, are, are the ability to uh, make uh, make changes to the data uh, that are non-destructive to other people. Uh, one of the really interesting things that we've always seen when we talk to customers and stuff like that is people are very afraid to change data or change databases, particularly anything to do with the structure of them, because they're afraid they're going to mess up. Okay, and this is actually one of the, the huge um, uh, one of the huge. Uh, problems that all uh, data collaboration systems have is uh, giving people the confidence that, that they can't, whatever they do, uh, they're not actually going to break a running system, okay? And people are very, so the first thing, uh, and we can see this in like uh, documents, for example, or in coding, a very, very important function is the undo button. Uh, we want to be able to, to go back in time before we broke a thing, and similarly in data. So, so the first really significant feature that we have in Terminus DB as part of the collaboration suite is time travel. Uh, and this basically allows me, wherever, whatever updates I make, um, just like in uh, code revision control systems, I can travel back to that point in time and, uh, and say, okay, we'll actually throw away everything after here was a mistake. And so that's a really, a really important and practical thing that people often overlook in terms of 
really enabling collaboration, a, a huge issue that you have to overcome is uh, allowing people to make changes, to make experimental changes without them thinking that uh, they're going to break everything or look stupid or, or something like that. So, so really, uh, I think a very significant feature is this ability to time travel and, uh, and go back to a particular point in time. Uh, time travel is also a, a, a very useful in all sorts of ways in, in terms of uh, regulatory stuff to see what the database was like in any particular time uh, and to capture all that information together. And, and the, way we, the way we do this is, is the way we enable the time travel is because we have a uh, internally, just like Git, the uh, repository for, for uh, software code, uh, we have an immutable database. So, so we, have a, we have our database and then every time we change it, we just add those deltas on top. We never actually change any of the data. We just say, well, this was deleted and this was added. And we, we build those up. So, so this allows us to, uh, to reverse time before some of these changes and just throw them away and make a new branch effectively. Um, and, uh, and some of the other really good features that has is, is when it comes to time, there's two types of time that are, are interesting in databases and, and that you want to store about data. One is the, the, uh, the time at which the database itself was updated, the time at which I added this data or updated this data in the database. That's very important. Uh, that's often captured in database land in a you know last update time or something like that. Uh, but there's another time which is the real world time. Uh, uh, the, you know, oftentimes you're saying this transaction happens at such and such a time in the real world. In my database, it was added maybe at a different time. Both of these times are important. So, so the the layer process and having all of your commits that you can replay them and move backwards and forwards that. In, that automatically captures database time. So you can always roll back to what the database looked like at any particular point in time and query it. And then your time of real world uh, events is captured in the data itself. You separate these two things out, which is a very important thing. So it sounds like Hub is like a DeLorean. <laughs> so we can time travel anywhere. And even like parallel, I know it's like there's some branches. So it's like or even parallel universes. That's crazy. It's like a sci-fi dream come true. But like, I, could you think about like what person will benefit the most? Like what team will benefit the most from, from this uh, super cool feature? Well, so, so the time travel and that it, that's, that's only the starting point because as you say, when you mention alternative times, that's branching basically. So you can time travel back and forth, but you can also create branches that are different and, and, and travel them in time as well, just like in, uh, in source codes that we can do. But um, who, who that is, is really useful for is everybody uh, who uses data with computers, like uh, software developers, analysts, uh, data scientists, because this is, a, this is like, this is the experience everybody who is a technologist has with data. It's difficult to get a, a snapshot of, of production data. And production data, the more timely it is, the more valuable it is. The stuff changes all the time. And whatever your analysis can go out of date. It's difficult to get a snapshot because it typically takes some effort. Okay, And then you go and change it. Okay, But uh, you, you always want to actually integrate the uh, live changes back into your changed version. Because you know, typically things take time and it goes out of date. And so people spend a huge amount of effort wor uh, working around that problem, but by trying to 
by um, you know using stale data, using uh, sample data, but by setting up very elaborate uh, systems to try and get around the, the fact that it's very difficult to to have people working in parallel uh, on on complex databases or complex data sets and being able to merge their uh, changes together. It's just uh, and so. The ability to be able to do that, to be able to take a database, download it, improve it, and push those changes and, and have them reflected in your collaborators, uh, or other people be improving a database and you be able to easily incorporate their changes into your local view. Those are things that, that you know data people have typically do not have, uh, and that people waste a lot of, of time doing really boring, kludgy stuff, exporting stuff out of databases into CSVs and writing crappy scripts to change stuff. Uh, so, so the ability to uh, much more seamlessly pass changes around and have multiple people pushing simultaneous changes in a way that we can manage the integration of them into a, into a single database and a single data set. That's a, you know, that, that, that really has the potential, I think, to take a lot of, um, a lot of the boring, kludgy pieces out of people's lives. The, the bit that no technologist likes doing, which is the changing date formats and all that type of stuff. If you have a, if you have a, a system that can do that for you, it, it, it really uh, can improve your working life and make, allow you to work in more interesting things. So you said that like some practices that some teams are doing now is gonna be replaced. So uh, could you like kind of, have more like uh, example of like, for example, maybe you have like, uh, you know, a lot of people that uh, they may be having the problem. So what they're using now and like how, like what advantage they can get themselves out of from by changing it to use Hub. So, so the idea then of Hub as a process is, so Terminus DB allows you to do all of these cool time travel and branching and merging. And then you can also set it up as a server yourself anywhere in the internet, but, but the nature of these things is most people don't want to run their own servers. So, so we basically can run a server in the cloud that does all of the management for you. That so you can just say, these people can have access to this, these people. So, uh, 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 and you know, this data set is public, this is private. Uh, I want to have these rules about who can see and who can update these pieces. Uh, so, so all of that type of the management of access control and policy and governance uh, for you know complex collaboration projects that's again a, 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 it's a thing that people do not have very good adequate solutions and because they don't have very good adequate solutions it, it, often they don't have they don't uh, they don't have access to good data because uh, they can't you know they can't secure it properly so, so people want won't give them, you know, uh, tiny data, so that they're stuck uh, playing with toy data a lot of the time. So, so it's it's the idea that you can have a uh, you know a secure uh, collaborative flow of data whereby you can publish push out updates to a range of collaborators uh, and have that security managed, um, and you know. And that takes care of a lot of the, you know, tooling around us and, and makes it very easy to use. Uh, yeah. So like, well, it's, it's like GitHub for data, right? So yeah. imagine like I have a small data set that I want to do collaboration. I can just push it on GitHub. Like, so what, you know, Terminus DB, like Terminus Hub can do that, you know, GitHub can't. So what's the advantage? Well, well 
so so it's it's rather terminus versus uh uh yes like so, so, so guess hub is you know is a great ecosystem it's a great website full of collaborative tools and all that stuff and uh, you know full of admiration for, for github they enable a whole lot of stuff easily but but guess it, it's all based on top of git obviously and git is really explicitly for code okay so uh if you have a data so if you have a code for a start it's it has internal organization in files and directories so you can navigate it if you have a data set you can't you know you have a huge database like how do you even navigate that how do you look at different bits to see what's changed it doesn't really work with git git deals with lines of text so, so if you want to actually revision control on structured data you need to have the ability of a system that can express that structure and say well, well actually this cell changed you know it's not some line of code and also you have to have the ability to look into that data to see what's changed uh, as i say because GIS and files or code is naturally organized into the into these file system hierarchies, we can navigate through that and look at each bit individually change. If you've got a big database, you know, you don't have that at all. So you need actually to be able to look into it. And, and, and the way to look into it is the two best ways are you either pull out pull it out as documents or you query it. And that's what as particularly when data gets big, you've got to you've got to you've got to be able to if possible, do those two things. Uh, uh, query to just so you can look into it and say, you have to be able to ask queries as, you know, what is the structure of it? But also, what what did this person change? What changed from A to B? You've got to actually be able to ask those questions uh, and, and have them expressed in such a way that, that it's meaningful when you, when you can't just have people going through file systems. And the second thing you've got to be able to do is you've got to be able to bundle the, the stuff up as, as some type of document or object model to make it manageable uh, to people because um, databases are, are uh, or uh, particularly things like graph databases can be quite ephemeral. It's hard, you need to actually, if people want to manage these things, they have to bundle them up into some type of, well, well this is a document, this is a customer and it has all the stuff about customer in it and stuff like that. So those are the two real key things that you need to be able to do to, to make data revision control practical. You've got to give people a way of querying and accessing the data inside as some abstraction that makes sense to them, which you don't, can't get for free because you know nobody keeps a database as a, as a directory uh, structure with a load of files in it. Uh, yeah. Yes. So we have a question from the audience. So uh, Avi asked, because I, I know that we haven't been very clear at the beginning. So is Terminus Hub a host surface like GitHub, or is it something that like it can run locally or on a private uh, cloud? So actually, we will come into it like afterwards as well. But it's good that we bring it up now. So yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a good question. So, so, so Terminus Hub is more like GitHub. That's a service just for collaboration of Terminus that we that we run now. The, the new release of Terminus Server, though, you can run your own Terminus Hub as well if you want, a local one or, you know, any type of one. It has all the features that allow, like, uh, uh, Auth0 uh, or OAuth authentication and JWT uh, authentication and multi-user accounts and stuff like that. So, so basically, yes, uh, or Terminus Hub is is like a suite of software services that we provide, you know, that, that has management screens and stuff like that on, on top of the Terminus Server Collaboration Hub. But you can also run your own Terminus Server as your own Collaboration Hub. It has all the same features. It's exactly the same software. 
Right, so we kind of like know all this good stuff about Hermes Hub, but when will it be available? Like we are waiting for it because like we are like you're super excited. So when? <laughs> oh my God, that's that's a good question. So, uh, so so we currently have a prototype version that we are uh, hammering out the bugs on. We have like things like time travel working. Uh, so we anticipate uh, having it ready uh, for public use, but in May. So pretty close, you know. Um, uh, and definitely by the end of May, if, if we haven't got it out the door and haven't given people a chance to try it out, uh, something bad has gone has gone on. But no, uh, we're we're very happy with uh, you know the development. This is you know this has been a long. We brought Terminus out originally in last October, and it had the major kind of features, but. Uh, it took us the underlying data store, which we wrote in Rust, Terminus Store, which does a lot of the uh, succinct data structures and the uh, under the hood organization of the branches. Uh, it's it, there's some very complicated data structures in there, so that took us a while to uh, to uh, longer than we'd liked. So we brought that out originally in uh, January in the 1.1 release of Terminus, uh, but but. Whereas we brought that out as the underlying storage there and it's working really well, it's very fast and strong. We hadn't exposed the API for all of the time traveling and the branch and merge. So, so that's where we are now. And that's the kind of, once we have this release out, we kind of have the, everything that, all of the important concepts that, that you know, go into Terminus, we have them ready, which will make us very happy, you know? Yeah. So. That's good news. I think uh, we will have it very soon, really. But I think uh, I would like to go back a little bit about the collaboration question because uh, Luke asked a question actually. Like, uh, collaboration can be decentralized, right? Yes. So, so exactly. So you can imagine um, uh, I, I I'm running my own terminal server. And I can basically uh, run, set, you know, I'm the administrator and that I can set up accounts for other people to connect to that with their terminus servers. Uh, and I can, I can, anybody can just connect to my terminus server. And if, if I give them permission to in an account in my local one, they can, uh, they can read and write and, you know, do all the collaboration actions with the data, with my databases. So, so I can do that myself. That does require you to run a terminus server with an internet accessible or, or you know a network accessible it doesn't have to be internet but uh connection which a lot of you know one of the big use cases we have is just people running it on their desktop who don't want to run you know an internet accessible service and allowing them to also collaborate so, so that's the concept between the hub we just provide a a, a terminus a set of terminus server collaboration services in the in the cloud and anybody you know even people who don't want to run their own servers can can connect to that and it and even people who do run their own servers we're trying to make it so that they can also connect to the hub seamlessly and integrate with that uh, you know we would actually the idea of um, people being able to run their own decentralized hubs and their own decentralized service this is actually pretty important to us and important to the vision, you know, that's one of the things that makes Git really successful. There's anybody can download it and run their own, uh, you know, their own version of GitHub um, and their own Git servers and their own collaboration hubs. You don't have to go through any central cloud server. 
so at the same time, a lot of people don't want to, you know, not everybody is, is a hacker. Not everybody wants to run their own servers. So it, it makes a lot of sense if you want to get broad adoption to also provide a, you know, a much easier to use, you know, targeted at everybody. Yeah, so uh, Abby asked a question that like it's a very good use case as well, but I think because it's a huge question, I'll leave it till the end. So if, if that's okay, but let's move forward, ask questions that I want to ask. So because I know that we will have a uh, terminus have very very soon. Is it free? Like that's the question that I always ask when I come across new services. Like, or is it like a free trial? Like, what's the pricing model? Like, yes. how does it work? That is a very, very good question. Uh, so basically, uh, we're kind of similar to the model of, of GitHub and, and people like that, which is that it's free to, as long as the data set is public, uh, as long as you don't want it to be confidential, it's free and it's going to be free forever. Okay. Uh, also, you can have as many, you can have very complicated, we'll support, uh, you know, quite complicated teams publishing public data sets. That's, we're quite happy with that. So you can have lots of people collaborating through the platform for free and they'll always be free. Uh, we think uh, everybody, including us, gets more value if people publish interesting data sets. And it doesn't even have to be interesting. It just has to be interesting. You know, if, it, if it's people publishing data science homework or data science, uh, you know, coursework that, that's got a limited niche, that's also, that, that's great. Uh, uh so so for public data sets it's it's always free and then we limit it in terms of the number and, and the, the complexity of the teams if you want to have private data sets with lots of rules and governance and policies uh and different roles that we charge for as, as a team account and the rationale here is um we're providing a, a service in you know keeping your data confidential and if you're operating in a complex team like that, it, it's normally that you're a business and you're making money out of it. And if you're making money out of our tech, we want to get a cut. <laughs> that makes sense. And yeah. so talking about like private data, like, so if I work for like a, let's say a financial company that my data is quite sensitive or even like, you know, your customer's data is quite sensitive. I want it to be safe. So how secure is Hub? Like, can I, you know, be, you know, have a good, nicely putting my data on hub. Yes. Uh, so, so, so essentially everything is uh, encrypted, end-to-end uh, -end encryption over HTTPS in, in transit. Uh, we have uh, um, the, the data is, is, can be stored in an encrypted way as well. Uh, if, if we, not for a public accounts, but for, you know, enterprise, if people want uh, encryption at rest, for example, uh, we can journal, uh, because essentially the, the database is, is already in a kind of encrypted format because we, 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 we translate it into one of these succinct data structures, which is highly compressed, but also effectively encrypted. So the data in memory is highly secure. Um, encrypted in memory and then there's a journaling to disk so we can encrypt that on the fly and so basically have uh none you know all of the data being encrypted at rest uh, encrypted before written to disk and even you know just encrypted uh distributed file systems uh so but but um but uh, you know uh, the most importantly we have um um uh 
end-to-end -end encryption with HTTPS and everything and uh, uh, numerous uh, internal security mechanisms, uh, including, you know, all the normal stuff uh, uh, to defend against anything that's internet accessible. Right, so uh, the next question I want to ask, I think is like we kind of briefly like cover it, is about like hosting hub uh, on my own server uh, myself. But I think to recap, maybe like how, you know, how easy it is, like is, is hub gonna be like some software on like, let's say GitHub that is, you know, open source that I could just download and set it up myself. Like how, like, is, is it possible or like how easy it is to, to do it? So, uh, yeah. So the Terminus server, uh, uh, our core uh, software, we are increasingly going to be packaging it in two different ways. We have a desktop variety, which is uh, we have a new Windows uh, native binary, and we're going to have native binaries and everything, which is just for the single person use who wants to on their desktop, uh, you know, mess around with data and then share it through uh, our hub, uh, but also a a terminus server server package, which is is designed for people who want to deploy it to uh, you know in Docker or on a server themselves, and it has the all of the features that allow them to run their own service. It, it, it you know uh, our 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 cloud hub is it's got a whole lot of you know software tools and integration with payments and stuff like that that's not part of the product, but the core server that we're using for that is. Is, is packaged up as, as you know, the server version of Terminus Server. Yes, so I think there's a lot of way that people can use Hub. And uh, I think the next question would be like, what if I have problems with Hub? What if like, I I think that we can break it into two scenarios, right? So like, what if I'm using the Hub service that is provided by, you know, Terminus DB team? Like, do, will I get support? Or uh, what if I just use, you know, uh, it, it's an open source software, I host it myself, will I get support? So so how, like if I came across problems, like where, where can I find help? Yeah, so, so the most important thing is from the open source uh, software point of view, uh, we're putting a lot of effort into trying to, you know, build a, a community and, you know, support the community and t help people understand how to use it. So, so, we have our discourse, uh, our discords. We have, um, you know, uh, social media. So, uh, and we're normally pretty good. There's not enough of us to answer all the questions, but, but we're pretty good at, at trying to help people. Out. So we're always willing to to try and help people get it going. So, uh, so, so yes, yeah, and we will be continuing to expand that, building FAQs and improving our documentation, uh, and and just lots of uh, of. Um, you know, supports in place to, to, so people can get their question answered. Then when we bring out uh, paid accounts and team accounts, we will have, uh, you know, uh, dedicated uh, uh, chat and telephone support for people who, who want it, who have mission critical applications. But, uh, but you know, we would hope that um, a lot, you know, that, that we will be able to, to uh, refine the product enough in the community uh, that, you know, it would be easy for people to find advice on how to how to do all the all the straightforward stuff. Anyway, yeah, that's cool. I think uh, that's that's the most important bit, right? If I'm using it, I want to be able to solve my problems. And I think uh, before I go into the the audience questions, so my last question will be: If I work for a company, 
could you give me some idea how can I convince, for example, my manager that like uh, management that I could I want to use help for for the team. Like, uh, what what is the selling point that you gotta you know let let me use it to convince my my colleagues and my bosses. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good question as well. It's always a, a, a it depends on the place, but like uh, I think that the 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 critically important thing is just that look, this saves saves me and my colleagues lots of time, where where you are paying us to do really boring, fudgy stuff with data, and we don't have to. We could just press a button on this and. And uh, this will basically means that we can uh, use our, our intelligence to, to, to solve your business problems and not just fudge through data. And we can, with these type of tools, uh, I, I, you know, and these type of capabilities, uh, your team of data scientists or analysts are just going are, are gonna to be much more productive that, uh, and are going to be much happier. Uh, and also the other one is so that you can get you, you know, uh, one of the big ideas about the uh, team and enterprise accounts on the hub is that the management can get insights and see who's sharing what with whom and, and, and can get, rather than people uh, emailing each other CSVs, they can see all the people, cha you know, change, sharing updates uh, through the system and can, can have insight into that. So that's another, you know, management often struggle to get insight into who's sharing what data until there's some type of data breach and they hear about it in the news that, and they're like, oh my God, I never knew those people were emailing that sense of data around. And so giving them uh, the ability to kind of have some understanding of the flows of data through a, a collaborative system is, is, is quite attractive, I think. Right, I think uh, we all got that. Um, so we, Okay, now it's time for audience questions. So Abby is, you know, we love Abby because <laughs> like we have two questions. And the first one is that like, oh, actually I'm interested in that. So like, so Abby has a, have a website that uh, exposes schema.org. Remember we had yeah. played around the other day. So it's like this, it's like the structured data is schema.org. So, uh, so what Abby want to do is like want people to submit changes uh, for, let's say if they want to change, adding the color to the items or like uh, adding some missing uh, UPCs. And then, uh, so how, how could we be, how, how can this be done in Terminus Hub? Like do, like, do they just like kind of like submit a pull request through Hub or like how, how does that work? Okay, so yeah, that, that's a really good uh, question. Um, okay, so, so the first thing is we actually have a uh, we have a script. It's it's not it's not totally published yet, but they can ingest the schema.org uh, specs as they publish them and basically turn it into a terminus model. And, and as part of that, what, what you get is uh, automatic form generation for all of the schema.org data types. So, so you can actually uh, then uh, use the terminus uh, forms to input data and, and validate data. Uh, and also the APIs then will validate any data that you try to submit. So you can create a, 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 a schema that is the schema.org schema and then a simple uh, terminus input form where people can fill those, you know, add colors and so on. Um, so, so, so then in terms of of uh, yeah, the, the basic uh, uh, 
the basic things you can do is you can either uh, you know create these people as private collaborators who you want to explicitly allow to you know push to your databases uh, and you know give them the, the the specific permissions and on our on the free hub accounts you get up to uh, you know six or something like that free private collaborators uh, or else yes or else you can have it generate a a pull request uh, that. Uh, that the public can uh, suggest changes and, and that they trigger a notification uh, and require approval. Right, so uh, another question. So um, so it's about the decentralized collaboration. So um, so that like, how does the patches look like? So like how, like how does that kind of, you know, uh, distributed like uh, is that patch format like Git that you could, you know, submit a patch via email or things like that? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, so uh, under the hood, there, there's a format called a layer. And a layer basically says, given, you know, starting at this state, take all these triples away and add all these triples. Okay. And so you can actually express uh, any delta, just like a, a patch, uh, as a layer. So, uh, and they, they also tend to be very succinct. So it's very, um, it's very uh, efficient to, to distribute these type of changes. Yes, so, so you can, with the Terminus DB, you can uh, clone, for example, any, any data set, make a bunch of changes, uh, and save that as a layer that you can then submit as, here's a patch, and here's like a data patch. Uh, and you can collapse it down into, you know, a set of positives and set of negative triples, and then you just apply that to anything. And, you know, triples, because under the hood, everything is triples, you know, subject, predicate, object, uh, triples. That actually is a really universal format uh, for, for talking about data. You just say, these guys were taken away, these guys were added, and, and you can express pretty much any deltas in, in, such a, in such a way. Very, very simple and convenient. Yeah, that's a very good question coming in. It's about the merge conflicts. Ooh. It's always yeah. a scary bit in, in Git. So like how, how does like Terminus DB and Hub deal with it? Yes, that's a good question. So, so initially we're not gonna do, uh, you know, we're not gonna do uh, too much rocket science, okay? So, so basically in the API for, uh, for merging, um, which is actually like more like uh, Git's rebase, uh, you can submit a patch query with that, okay? Uh, and that what that query can do is is it, if it encounters any uh, conflicts, it'll run that query to resolve them. So so if you try and if there are irresolvable conflicts, uh, uh, there are certain conflicts that we can get rid of things like ephemeral triples and stuff like that automatically. But if there, there's certain things, you know, if in one branch I change this to three and the other branch I change it to four, that's just somebody's going to have to decide that. So. What we do is we report, look, there is an irresolvable uh, conflict here. And then there's a number of strategies you can apply. You can kind of say this branch or this, this repo, this remote repo, that's always the authoritative one. So if, if ever anything's changed, uh, just squash that down uh, or vice versa. The other thing you can do is, you know, the latest, you can have some automatic resolution strategies, which you can apply, but ultimately, you can just, you have to be able to, because this can be very complicated. So you can uh, uh, supply a transformative uh, 
Wackle query that basically does all of that resolution for you. Uh, and, and, and so you can always resolve a merge conflict. Uh, as I say, like most of our, most of the tool support initially would just look at, at saying, well, this is the authoritative branch and anything that changes in that, it, 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 it beats anything that changes in these other branches. A lot of the time with data, that's what you want. You know, the production database is often the guy that you just want to say, okay, if it changed, the world changed. Right. So uh, any more questions? So this is your last chance uh, before I let Kevin go. Actually, yeah, really quick response. Is it possible to query uh, multiple branches separately? Yes. So I think I saw the demo earlier today, right? So explain yes. a little In bit. the same query you can. So, so you can actually query uh, as many, you can query, uh, you can compare, for example, a commit, like, uh, which is, you know, rolling back from heads and in the same query, you can talk about the live branches or the head as well. So you can actually query uh, across time and across branches in the same query arbitrarily, uh, which is super cool actually. So you can automatically kind of say, well, well, give me the diff between this and this, and you get a, just a set of triples. Right, so this is the really, really last chance to ask questions. Uh, any query diffs? <laughs> I think I asked this earlier as well, like any diffs uh, and yeah. Well, well we so the, the cool thing about the way we do it is, is like, so you can query, you can set heads to wherever you want in the, you know, if you imagine uh, the timeline, like a model railway with branches and spurs and you can go back to anywhere. Uh, you can just, the full power of the query language, you can set it against any points on that branches. So you can say, well, well, show me all the documents that existed in this branch at this time and compare that with all the documents that existed somewhere else over here. And depending on that, you know, turn everything green or something like that, you know, so, so you can really, um, it gives you huge flexibility to be able to do those type of uh, uh, change queries to highlight exactly what's changed in, in different tracks, you know. But can we query them like, kind of like a separate thing <laughs> that we can a hundred percent because for example what you can do if, if think about it if you, and it's particularly in triples so you say okay we'll select everything from from this layer and from layer a okay and then select everything from layer b give me the difference okay and then query that and so then you have this set of triples that has, has changed and that you can just then make turn load that in as, as a temporary graph in memory and just triple uh, and, and query that as if that was another database. And so all you have in there is the Delta triples. So, so it makes, you know, you can really construct uh, new databases arbitrarily on the fly as any kind of diff combination of any branch and, and commit. Yeah, that's the good thing about having everything in a graph. <laughs> you yeah. can do like a lot of things with it. So yeah. I think there isn't any more questions. I think uh, we got really, really good questions today from the audience, which I'm very, very happy. So, oh, there's, there's, uh, there's another one coming in. Okay, we would just make this the last one to, to end it with uh, uh, Brad's question. Do you see any problem supporting GeoJSON LD? Ooh. No, uh, so we already actually have uh, done some work importing GeoJSON LD um, from one of the historical uh, databanks, Pyades, I think, 
Uh, and so, yeah, th that's super easy. We have a even transform that will uh, take uh, their coordinate systems and uh, put it in our kind of internal polygon format. So, so that's easy, actually. Uh, and it's a thing uh, we're bringing out a map visualizer as well, because we have lots of uh, cool data with, with geolocation information around it with bounding boxes and polygons and stuff like that. So, so that's a, a, an area that we will be bringing out lots of stuff in the not too distant future. Yeah, that's great. So thank you so much, Kevin. I think uh, it's really insightful chats today. And uh, like I said, I really love the questions today from the audience. And I think, um, Kevin, is it like too difficult, the questions? Are they like, <laughs> it's like, you know, I need to <laughs> you know, <laughs> relieve. And yeah, we'll let you go. Um, so yeah, no, thank no, you it was so great. Uh, and so great <laughs> talk. Uh, as, as, as the pandemic goes on, I keep getting hairier and hairier every time you'll see me here. You know, <laughs> I don't know whether I could uh, recognize you next week. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, like, uh, thank you so much for listening as well. If you are uh, catching up afterwards, so uh, we will um, we'll keep on doing it. We'll have another one next week. We'll announce it probably today or tomorrow. It will be something maybe different. Uh, it's more exciting though. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. And we're really like, looking forward to see Hub being uh, you know, launched and we, uh, we can't wait to try it. So thank you so yeah. much. Right on. Okay, thanks, Chuck. Take it easy. Stay safe. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Terminators on Tech. Please follow us on Twitter at TerminusDB. Questions and comments are welcome. See you next week. <laughs>